Hello, and welcome to Grand Stories, a podcast featuring interviews with grandparent caregivers, human service providers, and school personnel from the northwest corner of Pennsylvania. Grand Stories is broadcast from the Union City Family Support Center in the town of Union City, PA. Thanks for listening. As always, feel free to send us a Facebook message with ideas or questions for future episodes of Grand Stories. Please like our Facebook page called Grand Stories. I'll spell that for you. G-R-A-N-D-S-T-O-R-I-E-S. It's all one word. You can also use the email address apatrone at ucasd.org to reach us, and I'll spell the email address. A-P-I-T-R-O-N-E at ucasd.org. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page called Grand Stories. Hi, I'm Andy Patrone, and I want to personally thank you for joining the Grand Stories podcast today. In the last episode, I introduced the concept of Grand Stories and tried to lay out a framework of future episodes. Today, we have two very special advocates for grandparent caregivers in the studio with us. I'd like to introduce Kimberly Beers, who's the Vice President of Community Outreach for Erie County's Early Connections Organization. Vince DiStefano is also in the studio with us today. Vince is a prevention education specialist at the Crime Victim Center of Erie County. Kim and Vince co-chair the Kinship Care Consortium here in Erie County. And I'm a new member of the consortium, so we've got three pieces of the Erie County Kinship Care Consortium in the studio today. Let's get started. Kim, please tell us a little bit about the history of the Erie County Kinship Consortium and talk about your current role within the team. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me here today. I'm glad to be a part of the Erie County Kinship Coalition and working in concert with all of the wonderful grandparents, caregivers, and professionals in Erie County working to serve our youngest Erie County residents and getting them access to services and safe loving homes that they deserve and need. So the history of the Erie County Kinship Organization, uh, it goes back quite a few years in Erie County. I've been involved for about four years and had the opportunity to work closely with Lynn Clint from the Penn State Cooperative Extension of Erie County. She has since retired, but remains on the committee as a volunteer and has shared a bit of the history over time of the origins of the committee, going back to Elsie Didich from the Union City Family Support Center. She's since passed, but her legacy and dedication to kinship care is what brought us here today. Thank you so much, Kim. Uh, I, I apologize. I I've been referring to the coalition as a consortium. I, hopefully, those are interchangeable. Uh, we're 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 sort of battening down the name more officially at this point. All right, we'll get something. <laughs> it's, it's a static uh, situation. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Kim. Uh, now let's hear from Vince. Uh, could you discuss some of the ways that you've made your imprint uh, on the coalition? <laughs> thanks for having me here. I actually was really excited about today, put on my best clothes, which in hindsight is kind of ridiculous for a radio program, but 
so yeah, uh, the so I'm with the Crime Victim Center. Um, it's a pretty natural um, union between kinship care and and our services because kinship caregiving situations are usually coming out of some kind of trauma that has originally occurred in the family. So that's where um, my organization's interest like has already aligned. So when I I started there about a year ago, and when I came in, I um, I started sitting on the committee pretty much right away. And then uh, a few months ago, the uh, so Kim and I are now co-chairs. A few months ago, the um, the chair at that time moved on to another position, and we were both at the meeting when that occurred. Uh, Kim actually sort of hopped on it right away and asked for a co-chair. And um, uh, a day later, I, I agreed to, to join her there. So uh, Kim is definitely the uh, the expert out of the two of us. Um, but I, um, you know, I, I make the spreadsheets and I send the emails, and so I might still have a as many questions as a lot of our listeners today. And that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think all three of us probably have a lot of questions as well as a, a lot of uh, information to share mm. with our with our listeners. Um, it's interesting you you talked about the, the trauma mm-hmm. in in the in the first episode of Grand Stories. I talked about uh, something called the nine D's of grandparent mm-hmm. caregiving, and and these nine D's were formulated after years of research. Uh, by a team that interviewed uh, thousands of grandparent caregivers. And they they found that typically there are nine precedents uh, to a grandparent taking a guardianship of, of a grandchild. And, and they, they came up with these nine Ds. So for example, um, disease, divorce, drugs, detention, um, desertion, you know, those are a few of the nine Ds. Mm-hmm. Usually, uh, it's going to be a combination of, of a few of, of these precedents that, that will, uh, I guess, precede grandparent caregiving. So um, it's, I'm glad you, you brought that up today. Right now in Pennsylvania, we've, we've got about 82,000 grandparents that have guardianship of approximately 89,000 grandchildren. Recently, three House bills focused on grandparent caregiver advocacy were passed in Harrisburg. They are House Bills 2133, 1539, and House Resolution 390. HB 2133 set the Kinship Caregiver Navigation Program in motion. Let's listen to what co-sponsored Democratic Representative Eddie Day-Pashinsky said about the Kinship Caregiver navigation program. Today's a great day. We passed a package of bills. Uh, The first one is emergency guardianship. It gives grandparents raising grandchildren the authority to take care of those children appropriately with local parentis. Second bill is 2133. It's a kinship navigator bill. One-stop shop where the grandparents can call that navigator and they can help them proceed through the entire process of taking care of their children. And the third is House Resolution 390, which is uh, the Joint uh, Government Committee is going to put together a study and they're going to analyze what's transpiring in Pennsylvania so we can get exact statistics on exactly how many grandparents raising how many children. This one-stop shop for grandparent caregivers sounds great and should prove useful to our Pennsylvania grandfamilies. Yeah, actually, uh, Kim just sent along the, uh, a pamphlet concerning uh, exactly that House bill, and uh, we're, we're planning on like trying to distribute information about that on our uh, social media and, and to groups uh, to 
groups and members uh, of the consortium. So we're uh, we're hoping to try and get some traction going for that for sure. Well, well, that's that's important to know because research tells us that grandparent caregivers don't have the the necessary social support. Uh, they face increased levels of isolation. Um, as a third grade teacher here in Union City, PA, I can attest to the reluctance that some grandparent caregivers have shared with me about engaging in conversation with teachers and administrators. I think it has more to do with the way public schooling has changed since grandparent caregivers raised their own children years ago. Once we learn to meet grandparent caregivers in their comfort zones, we'll, we'll probably stand a better chance to allay some of those fears and then hopefully reassure them of just how important they are to our neighborhoods, our schools, and communities. Welcome back to Grand Stories, a podcast featuring discussion about grandparent caregiving here in Northwest Pennsylvania. During our break, Kim and Vince and myself were, were talking about the fears uh, that some grandparent caregivers have uh, about reaching out to their, their, their child's teachers, school district uh, personnel. Um, Kim, do you want to go ahead and share uh, some, of, some of what we spoke of? Thanks, Andy. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we do as a kinship care committee, consortium, what have you, is we have gatherings for the families to come together, for the children to come together, uh, receive resources, um, there's food, activities, lots of things happening for them. It's all about fun and engaging and, and talking about the struggles and concerns that they have. And a common theme that we found Although many, if not all, of the grandparents are more than 100% capable. I mean, they're doing a fantastic job. They're taking on their grandchildren and all the struggles that go with that and raising them. They feel consistently that they're unsure of their, their competence in keeping up with raising children in today's world. And in particular, the changes in education. And they consistently say how different parenting and rearing children is and the expectations of that in today's time comparatively with what it was like when they were raising their own children how different the curriculum are the rigors the expectations the the time that is involved all the homework the projects and they seem to be from from an outside perspective you know I'm a parent myself I have mm-hmm. young children in the school system currently and I think they're doing just fine, but that is a concern. And how can we empower them to feel like, you know, you're doing okay. They, they care, and that's the first step. They care. They want the children to succeed. More resources could be available to help mm-hmm. support. Well, one of the really important things about those gatherings, we, we do have, like, people come in to, to tell them about resources that are available or give them insights into uh, different ways that they could do things differently. But one of the caregivers that was at our, one of our most recent meetings actually expressed that the most important part to her about those meetings was meeting with other grandparent caregivers and being able to talk about these things with each other so that they could realize, oh, no, I'm I'm doing okay, or here's here's how I navigate this particular mm-hmm. thing. So that, that networking of, of people in similar situations is a huge part of those gatherings. So another word for that would be peer support. The families are coming together and they're going, they're walking through this together. They're on the same journey, on the same wavelength, having a lot of the same struggles. 
And so when they're coming together, it's a lot of like, you know, in today's terms, you know, Vince or I might call it, you know, our squad, our friends. We get together with with Mm -hmm. like minded individuals and we bounce ideas off and coming together and just trying to do life and figure out life. And so that's from an outsider's perspective, I guess, myself as a co-chair looking in, it seems to be peer support. So that they're gaining their squad, so to speak. And, and you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, as, as a school teacher, the the, the grandparent caregivers that, that come in for the, the parent-teacher conferences, they'll express some reluctance uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, but and when I actually listen to to what they have to offer, they're they're some of our best assets in the school district. They've they've parented once and you never stop parenting but you know the, the children flew the coop and 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 now they have this opportunity to take care of children again and at, at that point they're like the you know masters of their craft wouldn't it be kind of neat if we could help grandparent caregivers uh you know understand that the the perception that they have you know which which may be a deficit driven perception that they that, you know, they, they can't help us. If we could help them uh, and change that self-perception into one of, um, you know, a community asset, and then we could, we, we could encourage these peer groups to possibly go into schools and talk to teachers uh, about the ways they can fill in the gaps, about the things teachers need to do differently in order to fill in those, those gaps. Uh, in order to meet grandparent caregivers and their children, you know, where where they need to be met. I don't know, maybe that's something that, that we could talk about. I actually have um, one thing on that. I, I recently met with um, Tracy Palazzotto. I'm hoping I'm not butchering her name. <laughs> um, but uh, she's with um, the Family Caregiver Alliance, and um, they actually do have regular meetings. It's, it's mostly a support group, but they also are working on... Um, giving uh, caregivers the uh, the training or the assets to be able to become advocates on their own behalf and other people in their mm-hmm. community in similar situations. So there, there, there's a lot of talk about trainings of teaching people how to become advocates at the county level, but I, I'm sure that they also would be like making moves to make sure their needs are met in schools as well. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, there's little sparks um, starting to happen in that direction, which is really exciting. In, in my mind, I, I, I'm visualizing bands of localized grandparent caregivers that advocate for themselves mm-hmm. and then you know potentially moving on to a neighboring town training another group of grandparent, of grandparent caregivers uh, how to uh, advocate mm-hmm. and then that group maybe moving on to another group so it's this cumulative effect uh, that that Kim was of uh, uh, the peer groups uh, training other peer groups as well as training teachers school district personnel, um, and sharing resources. What a novel idea. <laughs> that would be really great and, and would be a wonderful direction for us to grow into. In the short term, one of the things as a committee that we'd like to see as we're regrouping and harnessing the resources in the community are support groups throughout the county mm-hmm. where they can come together. And so where we'd like to start is through the Erie Family Center. They are very supportive of this and potentially having support groups either monthly or bi-monthly mm-hmm. to complement the kinship 
gathering Correct. events that we have. And then Union City Family Support Center yes. has also expressed a great interest <laughs> in that. We've heard of them. As well. <laughs> we know those guys. And, and we've got um, some fantastic facilities down here in Union City. Uh, if, if, if we decide to have a, a function during foul weather, we, we can, we can uh, have an indoor function. We also have some, uh, some beautiful parks here in town. That, uh, that, that I think grand families would appreciate and, and, and make a trip down here to the southern part of the county uh, for a nice event. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, I uh, just want to go back to the, the, the House bills and mm. how uh, they, you know, how policy can actually help a, what, what I call the, the street level bureaucrats, I guess. That would, that would be the, the people that work in the nonprofits, the people that you know, that meet with grand families. Um, I'd like to uh, talk about House Bill 1539. It's, it's I, I, would, I would say, a, a reflection on the opioid crisis that's, that's facing our communities nationwide. Uh, but, you know, here in Erie County, it's, it's, it's hit our, our citizens uh, and, and throughout the Commonwealth. Vince could probably talk a little bit about that, and so could Kim, um, uh, you know, about how their organizations are preparing and, and facing uh, the opioid epidemic. House Bill 1539 grants temporary guardianship when a child's biological parents are unable to properly care for the child, and that would be due to, uh, you know, substance abuse issues. Uh, Kim and Vince, can you, can you talk a little bit about the ways that Erie County nonprofits support families and caregivers who've been affected by addiction? So some of the things that are happening in the county, I mean, the, the first one that comes into mind because I you know, am with them is the, the Crime Victim Center. As far as addiction goes, there's a really, really close, as I had mentioned before, really close association between trauma and addiction. Oh no, I mentioned that as an association between kinship caregiving sure. and trauma. But I mean, the same goes for addiction. We've talked to several addiction counselors who say that the overwhelming majority of the folks that they work with who are dealing with addiction, so much of that stems from some kind of trauma that has occurred in the past. So the Crime Victim Center, um, uh, so much of what we do is is based around trauma counseling. So the, the Crime Victim Center is attempting to alleviate some of those core causes of uh, addiction, as well as um, there's increased um, cooperation between uh, a, a lot of addiction uh, services mm-hmm. in the county. For instance, uh, Safe Harbor uh, at UPMC has started um, using a warm handoff technique for any kind of overdose in their hospital. Um, so if somebody comes in with an overdose, they'll actually make sure that they are, they don't just hand them a business card and say, here's some addiction services. They'll actually make sure that the call is completed and somebody is setting up their appointments. Okay. So, so, so UPMC is mm-hmm. the University of Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, their, their net of, of healthcare providers, mm-hmm. University of Pittsburgh Medical Centers. I yeah. just wanted to let our listeners know what that <laughs> stood for. So we, we also uh, work pretty closely with Safe Harbor along with several other like mental health uh, organizations. So we, we are also working to make sure that that warm handoff um, is occurring with us as well. If somebody needs addiction services, we're making sure that while they are getting trauma counseling from us, they're mm-hmm. also getting addiction services. So there's a lot of that kind of thing happening. There's a whole lot of options uh, for people. Um, there's money from the state to make sure that they don't have to pay out of pocket. For the families and caregivers surrounding that situation, um, it's interesting because there's 
there's a lot of services for caregivers. Um, we've mentioned a couple of things on the way in, um, support groups and the like, but there, uh, it doesn't seem like there's that many that are addiction specific caregiver support groups. But I mean, these things go so hand in hand that sure. like finding a, a, a group of peers in a support group that, that deals in kinship caregiving would, um, I'd say, fit the bill for sure. Sure. And, and you know, that, that falls in line with the, the research that was done to, to designate the, those nine Ds of grandparent caregiving. Mm-hmm. You know, drugs is one of them. Disease is one of them. And, you know, many of us feel that uh, addiction is a disease. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, 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 the research that was done in the early 2000s has, has proved to be true here mm-hmm. in Erie County. Mm-hmm. And, and usually it's, it's more than one of the nine Ds that, that occurs in a family, that trauma. So, so let's just say a family has a father who's, or a mother, someone battling addiction, all right? Uh, and and, it, and it's, it gets to the point where they aren't able to care for their, their child. Well, uh, let's say the addicted individual's spouse gets diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, whether through treatment and, and maybe having to go to different cities for treatment or, uh, you know, unfortunately, death, now you have a situation where grandparents step in. So it's a combination of, of multiple factors that lead to grand families. Mm-hmm. Right now, the opioid crisis and, and addictions in general uh, are probably leading the way and actually giving grand families the most, the loudest voice mm-hmm. they've ever had. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible situation, yet it's, it's giving, it's shining a light on the, the people that are stepping in to take care of uh, and, and to, to, to progress that family forward in, in a traumatic uh, time within the family. It's a, it's a big opportunity, yeah. So uh, in, in addition to the, the county sort of coming together in general and, and really having a lot more cooperation between nonprofits to try and address the opioid crisis, we also have our, uh, so in particular, kinship the kinship care group. We have our uh, events. We've got three. As of right now, we've got right. three a year. We've got our summer picnic, and then we've got our fall and spring gatherings, which are the the ones that uh, Kim had mentioned earlier, where it's uh, fun events, educational events, and and opportunities for for those uh, grandparent caregivers to like really get some like peer support and, and friendship happening. I also mentioned the uh, Family Caregiver Alliance. They meet monthly, so the. Um, if anyone is interested in, in uh, trying to join up with them, and they actually, uh, they aren't just grandparent caregivers in particular, they're um, pretty much any uh, family or caregiver, but they they have a lot of support to offer for kinship caregivers. Right. The, the number to call for them is 814-860-0754. And uh, Kim, do you know the number we should use for uh, uh, to contact uh, us? You said Jane is, is the... Oh, right. Yeah. So Jane Deitch is our administrative assistant over at Early Connections, and she can field calls from grandparent caregivers or kinship caregivers who are looking to connect with any one of us on the committee uh, looking for resources and information. So she would be the friendly um, person that you make connection with, and her phone number is 814-874-0144, extension 10. All right, and of course we can put, uh, we can post links uh, to the to any of the uh, organizations that we've talked about today, as well as phone numbers uh, to the to the Facebook 
page grand stories. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot less time consuming than us uh, reading it out on on the air. Huh? No, but it's good to hear. <laughs> I'm impressed you you were able to recall those phone numbers without having to look them up. So if grandparents are looking for other resources in the community to help with costs of raising children, that's a, another huge concern. Uh, there are a couple that we would like to share. One is called Family Caregiver Support that is available through GCAC, right. the Community Action Committee, and specifically for grandparent caregivers who are 55 years or older and have legal, custodial, or guardianship of their biological grandchild. They can receive financial reimbursement of caregiving expenses such as clothing, school supplies, personal care items, and more. And the phone number for that, toll-free, 1-800-769-2436. Another opportunity that we would like to share is something that is a statewide resource and then it is distributed through local organizations which we won't go into all of that but if you call this 1-800 number you can get connected with them it's called swan the statewide adoption network for post-permanency services they provide support to adoptive kinship and custodial families so if you just hear swan in the community you might oh that's just for adopted families not true they offer more than that so um <laughs> There are support groups, so you can have a chance to meet other families that are also providing kinship or grandparent care. It's more like what you would find with our kinship uh, gathering events. Mm -hmm. uh, respite care. So, gosh, there's such a need for respite care in Erie County. There certainly is. Mm -hmm. So these are planned opportunities to help strengthen and support families and provided a much-needed uh, break for errand running or coffee or whatever, just that time away to mm -hmm. recharge your batteries that's a caregiver. Mm -hmm. So the 1-800 number for that is 1-800-585-7926. Thank you for those resources, Kim. Would you tell us one more time what uh, GCAC stands for? Sure. So GCAC stands for Greater Erie Community Action Committee. And the program that we are referencing specifically is through the Area Agency on Aging, which is a part of GCAC. Awesome. All right. So... You know, you were talking about a, a statewide support network as well as uh, more local supports that, that, that we have. Uh, Vince and, and Kim both uh, have their hand in a lot of different um, support pathways for, for kinship caregivers and, and specifically grandparent caregivers. Um, I just want to talk about Representative Kaczynski's bill, the bill that he sponsored called House Resolution 390. And that bill promises further study into the phenomenon of grandparent caregiving in Pennsylvania. This study group has been granted lots of opportunities to report their findings to the General Assembly in Harrisburg. And, you know, in the future, we're, we're going to hear a lot more uh, about what the uh, House Resolution 390, and in specific, the, the study group has, you know, finds as far as ways that we uh, at a local level can fill in the gaps uh, and, and better support grandparent caregivers and possibly even uh, mobilize grandparent caregivers to advocate for themselves within communities and, and, and neighborhoods and schools. So as we wrap up, I, I want to give our guests uh, a little bit of time to maybe reflect on uh, a particular grand family 
that you've had some experience with, and 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 obviously, you know, we'll we'll always maintain uh, anonymity as we discuss these sensitive topics. So, Kim, do you want to start? Would love to. So, I have the distinct opportunity to work with all types of families across Erie County through my work with the Erie's Future Fund Preschool Scholarship Program. And that's a roundabout way that puts a great connection to this committee as well, because the preschool scholarship is for income eligible families who are looking for quality preschool programming for three and four year olds up to two years prior to kindergarten. So the scholarship pays for a good amount of the time that they are in that programming and it's application based. And so I get to meet with families one-on-one as they're completing their application. Mm -hmm. But in order to meet with them to complete the application, I have to do outreach and find them. So the kinship gatherings and the work that the committee does is a a great connection in that way for me to meet families that I might not otherwise have had that Mm -hmm. opportunity. So one family in particular is a grandma who's working full-time. Um, she's from the Edinburgh area. That's all mm-hmm. you know, I'll say on that. Sure. But, uh, taking care of her preschool grandson mm-hmm. and was looking for some assistance with paying for quality preschool time right. for him. And so we got to meet, sit down, complete the application, and offer that scholarship to the, to the family. Fantastic. So it's, it's a really great way to not only support family um, to support the, the grandparent, but it's good for the child too because then they are enrolled in a quality preschool programming mm-hmm. program. They're socializing with children their age mm-hmm. and they're preparing for kindergarten, which is a whole nother <laughs> um, issue that we could have a whole separate podcast <laughs> about sure. here in Erie County, the, the issue of kindergarten readiness and kindergarten preparedness. Mm-hmm. So, um, And, and, and the, within the Erie I'm sorry, within the Union City School District, uh, we've we've begun to adopt the P3 initiative, and uh, that that is what Kim is, is referring to um, with the, the kindergarten readiness. So the teachers are going to start to learn, you know, how to how to you know better involve parents, better involve all caregivers, because we we recognize that 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 the earlier you can start to build that brain architecture. Opportunities you'll have for the for the child to, um, you know, to, to, to form relationships with with their their peers with their family. Vince, did did you have you had enough time, you know, in in, in your uh, experience in, in, within your organization to, to meet some grandparent caregivers? So I've uh, I've met a couple. We haven't had uh, terribly in depth discussions because it's been in the context of the the meetings. Mm-hmm. I haven't uh, I haven't been. Uh, to a gathering yet. We're getting ready for our summer picnic now, so I'll be um, definitely meeting my first slew there. But um, another thing that's coming down the pike is um, uh, the Crime Victim Center, um, along with the Department of Health, the Erie Department of Health, is rolling out a program in the county called Parents in the Know. And uh, there's actually, I guess a quick aside on uh, that, it's a, it's um, a child abuse prevention program that focuses on educating parents and building skills for them to recognize uh, grooming behaviors or in general just how to talk to their kids um, and, and interview with other adults. But 
we have a lot of um, offers coming in for groups from some of these uh, adoption or family service agencies, and some of them are kinship specific so far. So, um, I mean, I'll be having very in-depth conversations with some some kinship caregivers uh, in the next year or so, which mm-hmm. will be very exciting. Yeah, you sound excited. About I, I very am. Yeah. <laughs> so it's probably important to note, we, we are focusing on grandparent caregivers, probably more so than you know, the children that they're raising. I guess in Pennsylvania and, and probably in, in you know, nationwide research that I've read, you know, there, there is a, uh, a glut of research that's been done and created and, uh, and shared on the children of grandparent caregivers. However, there is a dearth of research on the actual grandparent caregivers. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my focus moving forward. It's the caregiver end of it. And I want to thank you two for coming in and, and talking about how uh, the Kinship Care Committee and your respective organizations and the, the, the organizations that you mingle with <laughs> in Erie County, Pennsylvania, are able to support uh, not only the children uh, of the, the, you know, within grand families, but grandparent caregivers themselves, because they're the ones that, that you know, haven't had as much support Mm-hmm. And uh, not as much, uh, you know, it has been has been written about the grandparent caregivers. So we're going to shed some lights uh, on on their story. So thank you for coming down to Union City and uh, talking uh, about your experiences. Please tune in next time as we meet our first grandparent caregivers, and it's a, it's a a super couple that live right here in uh, rural Erie County, PA. Uh, you'll get a chance to hear their their story, their their experiences. Um, and until then, thanks for listening. As always, feel free to send us a Facebook message with ideas or questions for future episodes of Grand Stories. Please like our Facebook page, Grand Stories. That's spelled G-R-A-N-D-S-T-O-R. I-E-S, it's all one word. You can also use the email apatron at ucasd.org. That is spelled A-P-I-T-R-O-N-E at ucasd.org. And don't forget to follow our Instagram page called Grand Stories.